0: Hello, Belinda.
1: Hi, Omar.
0: What is this week's theme?
1: It's card number two, the Agapanthus on perspective. Pause, close your eyes, and take three deep breaths. What do you notice when you open your eyes?
0: I love this card for a couple of reasons. There's three words that just jump out for me. perspective pausing and noticing and it's interesting because i probably several years ago pausing and noticing wouldn't have been what caught my attention just the word perspective and when i hear that word the 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 quote that comes to mind is what we see depends on where we stand and so it was always sort of about what's my relationship to where i'm standing and what am i seeing and how can i sort of understand what other people are seeing depending on where they stand and then you know several years ago just that idea of pausing was new to me somebody that prided himself on a very busy schedule and a busy life you know it was actually um I, I, some a colleague who uh Used to help me manage my schedule. I used to book five, seven meetings in a day. And if any meeting went off, then the whole sort of schedule went off and he would have to like reschedule all these meetings. And he read this article that you should book no more than three meetings in a day. And so it was this drastic change for me to go from this like stack schedule, and that was me feeling accomplished. To then all of a sudden, this very spacious schedule, it pushed my calendar out, but it allowed me to be more present. And just all that sort of time and pausing allowed me to actually address what was happening in the moment. That then, you know, coupled with the practice of gratitude and learning to just pause, was then like, okay, there's something here. But it's then that that last word around noticing, right? noticing in terms of the practice of gratitude, whether it's noticing good, mindfulness is noticing change, meditation begins with noticing breath. All of these things are in many ways just different ways for us to help notice our noticing. And when we can see that, then all of a sudden we're given a moment to really choose between reacting and responding to any given moment. When my schedule was stacked, I was just reacting. I had no sort of pause to really respond in the moment. There's this illustrator, um, Charles McKay, I believe is his name, and uh, it's about like, I'm not going to get the name right, the fox, the mule, the boy. And he had this great line that the greatest freedom we have is how we react. And the more pause we have in our life, the less reactionary we are and the more we're able to actually sort of choose. Do we want to respond because of things coming at us or we want to respond from what's coming within us?
1: What I'm appreciating about your personal story, Omar, is the pause in a macro way, in a bigger life shift, and then the pause that's in the moment, which is more micro. And for you in this moment, As you just take the pause, as we record this podcast, what are you sensing and feeling?
0: Well, I've created even more spaciousness in my life. (laughs) You know, I think 2020 was probably too much spaciousness. And so learning like what is the right amount to sort of feel fulfilled in the sense that like, okay, I am being in service in the ways that I want, but also not overdoing it. And I think that's also maybe the, the macro change that I'm feeling is that most of my life, it's been about hustling and moving and and trying to get things done. And at this point in my life, it's learning to just pause and sort of allow things to come to me. So instead of feeling like I need to go chase I can kind of be present, and really the horizon line comes towards me.
1: Mm. I'm really appreciating that. It it really strikes a personal chord for me as well. This week, I'm not in Mount Shasta, California. I'm in Oakland, California, and these are my two very Mm -hmm. different homes. And I actually decided to take a walk before the podcast recording because I really felt like I needed to be more grounded in nature. And in Mount Shasta, in in the rural area, I literally have to just step outside of my door and I can hear the sound of a creek and I can see the big trees and immediately just constantly be reminded from the land to slow down, to be present, to what's going on with this particular season. And what I notice about urban life is it requires a lot more awareness, like you were saying, about... You know, how am I seeing things? How am I moving in the world? And I find myself really struggling with that this week as I feel a greater intensity and a a more rapid pace of just people and cars. and, um, And as I was walking around the neighborhood, I actually saw the agapanthus in front of my house. And it was beautiful to just notice it and... And it was an interesting expression of the agapanthus because it was bushy and there were a lot of different stems that were coming out and some of them were dried and ready to be composted and other blooms were still blooming. And it was this interesting contrast of, you know, something that's ending and then something that's beginning. And it just made me realize that my choice to pause and be present is always there regardless of where I am physically. And it's just that intention of saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to be present in this moment today.
0: Well, that's the thing. In city life, there is so much going on in any given moment. And so we have to, in some ways, we become auto-tuned to filtering a little bit more. That's what busyness does is it it creates more filters um, that we have to in some ways pierce with our attention. You know, I think of gratitude as making visible what you value, but through the practice, what I've learned is that it also helps me to become more aware of what I take for granted and make invisible and so to me, the noticing is really about learning to become aware of what I'm making visible and what am I making invisible? What am I prioritizing and what am I deprioritizing? And how much of that is intentional and how much of that just is bias? And really then the practice of noticing, I think for me, is also evolve from just the eyes. What does it mean to listen, to smell, to taste, to feel? We have all these other senses and, and we really have a bias towards the eyes. Just like we talked recently about the English language and how it has a bias towards nouns versus verbs. And so our minds attach in the English language to people, places, and things. In some ways, the eye is biased to what it can see. And then what it cannot see, it kind of takes for granted. And, and so to me, the practice of noticing is really then How else can I sense what is around me, what I can see, what I cannot see? In many ways, you know, just as I said at the beginning, perspective depends on where you stand. And then all of a sudden, with your senses, you're able to stand in many more places because you're able to kind of sense the world in a different way.
1: I'm so curious what came up for Arlene, the artist, as she was sitting with this Agapanthus and and how perspective emerged from that as she
2: was illustrating this card. Here is a story behind the second card of the deck, the Agapanthus and the theme of perspective. What I remember about this drawing is that it is one of the first ones of my project. I love the beginning of a new project because everything is so open and free. It's like the mind hasn't yet had a chance to take over and build expectations, and things flow in a way that is really free, and often hard to recreate on demand. It makes me think of the concept of the beginner's mind, that state or feeling that is unhindered by expectations and overthinking. It does feel like a place where actions flow more freely from the heart, or the spirit, or whatever you call that place. The agapanthus used to grow everywhere in our garden. It feels like a plant that is commonly used in landscaping, at least here in the Bay Area. And these plants self-propagate, so each year there would be more than the previous year, so it didn't feel like a particularly special plant in our garden. But in the early stages of this drawing practice, all plants growing in our yard took on a new existence They were all miracles in their potential to inspire new drawings and discover new wisdom. So in many ways, I was seeing this plant from a new perspective, and in the process, I realized how special it really is. I think what really stuck out for me when drawing this plant was that each of the flowers on a single stem exist in different states of blooming, from small buds to large ones about to burst from half-blooms to full ones, to even ones that had faded away and not yet fallen off. The plant as a whole was made up of all those different stages of life at once, simultaneously. Was the plant budding or blooming or fading? It's like all of time was captured in a single stem, which is what prompted me to wonder how much we don't notice even when we see something every day. The plant seemed to be a reminder of how much there is to appreciate and learn when we're willing to change perspectives and really start to see something in a new way. I love that we're listening to this for the first time and
1: you can just see all the connections already that we've been making without even knowing it. And yesterday I had the joy of walking with Arlene in this community garden, which inspired a lot of these plants in her 100-day project. And it just feels like such a gift to notice nature in this way. And what she said about just the transition of these blooms, it's like it's constantly in transition in these different phases. And I'm just really appreciating how by taking that pause to notice, it starts to reveal new things about us or how we see our life and our world. And in many ways, her stopping to notice, to draw these plants, to give them new meaning in the world and then for Omar you and I to now notice these plants in new ways it's it's almost infectious in a in a good way of how can we then create new possibilities in the world through new perspective you know and it feels like this is a time where there's this big door of possibility even though there's so many challenges it feels like a big opportunity for new things to be created from the place of new perspective.
0: I like that the plant is self-propagating. Hmm.
2: Right?
0: That there's something about it continuing to spawn new perspectives, new ideas when we're just sort of open to what naturally happens. You know, and she talked about the beginner's mind, which you know I love. And the full Zen Cohen is that to a beginner's mind, anything is possible. And to an expert's mind, few things are. And so to me, it's interesting that, you know, busyness is in some ways like expertise. We limit what really is possible, which is ironic because we sort of we we prioritize knowledge and learning, and yet it somehow lessens our ability to see things with new eyes and fresh perspectives. I looked up the word agapanthus and there's there's two definitions for it in greek it really derives from the word agape which is love and so it's just i think love is self propagating it is this thing that like the more you give the more you receive and then in old english it comes from of the mouth wide open like agape you know and so it's about awe and inspiration and then it, to me, it's also interesting because last week we talked about growth and the Hebrew word ba-midbar, which means into the wilderness or the wilderness is the mouth that speaks. And this is the mouth wide open and awe. So there's all these like sort of symbols and maybe not symbols. They're the real thing of what does it mean to listen? To notice is to listen to the mouth that is wide open, the mouth that speaks to listen to what agape in greek also means brotherly love so listen to this self-propagating thing and not get in the way
1: yeah what is already in front of us that's available and how can this pausing and slowing down be a gift that we can receive at any point
0: we're now going to hear stories from our gratitude circles
3: Hi, Omar. Hi, Belinda. I just wanted to share real quickly today that um, I've been using the gratitude pluming deck so frequently now in my workshops and healthcare. I work mostly with healthcare leaders and what I find from the uh, emotional intelligence data I have and from my experiences in the workshops are that people are very clear about what they think and they're very clear about what they want to have happen. But sometimes they're not as articulate in knowing the internal dialogue that's happening for them around their feelings. And they certainly don't always have um, the best understanding of their team. And so when we've been using the deck, I've seen that there is an increase in vulnerability and willingness to share. And I see that the community walks out having a greater understanding of who they are as a leadership community, and what the expansiveness of the relationship can be when they ask questions, they dig deeper, they look for that whole perspective and that authenticity in receiving other people's point of view and also sharing their own perspective. So I'm really really grateful for the opportunity to use the deck and look forward to seeing uh, the responses from other workshops that I'm doing.
0: Mm, it's so beautiful to hear folks using the gratitude blooming cards out in the world. Yeah, it's this it's interesting thing. I've been thinking about emotional intelligence lately. And it's obviously a great step forward from just thinking of in- intelligence from the mind and sort of the rational sort of logic, if then, And sort of emotional EQ and the sense of like, okay, how are people actually feeling? And maybe that's part of what is so scary is that perspective is an invitation to actually acknowledge what we don't know. And these feelings that are coming up and not really knowing where they're coming from. (laughs) Maybe they're tied up into... A bad night's sleep. Maybe they're tied up into something that happened as a child. You know, maybe they happen, you know, who knows why and an emotion kind of comes. That's what's so sort of strange about them is that they're like, whoa, they <laughs> didn't expect that emotion. And So it's this thing that we can't necessarily, we think we can't control. We actually do have, though, these practices. And this is why, you know, whether it's meditation, mindfulness, gratitude, there are these abilities to be more intentional about the emotions that we want to connect to. And it doesn't mean we ignore or stifle or suffocate the other ones. It's just that we don't have to necessarily be triggered by them.
1: What's coming up for me listening to this story is how, what is it like to share our perspective in community and in many ways, that's the beauty of the circle is you get to learn so much about how to see the world through the lens of others and and oftentimes in the form of a feeling. And what I'm really struck by with this work in healthcare is how we actually need to hear other people's way of sensing the world. And we actually need to name those feelings, even if we're not immediately aware at the time, because it affects the way that we connect with each other. It affects how we perceive each other. And and I think that more cohesiveness can come from having the space for sharing our perspective from the place of our heart, our feelings and you know we a lot of times we talk about cultural shift and it's it's not possible to make a cultural shift without tilling that soil for vulnerability and i'm just really appreciating this example of how this person is really doing that work first in order to create the new systems of the world
0: isn't it we we sometimes put feelings and empathy Into the soft skills bucket, as if it's somehow, you know, you want hard skills, technical skills. And yet it's very much to be human. You know, I wonder if this same card, instead of the word perspective, what if it was compassion? Pause, close your eyes, and take three deep breaths. What do you notice when you open your eyes? And if you were just to look out through the lens of compassion how would you show up differently
4: perspective
5: that's so cool i love that the like even with the perspective of the card you can be looking at it from any any direction like you don't know if you're looking at it from the front from the side from the back it just it depends on your perspective what do you really see who knows yeah, for me, it um, it's like, it's painting a picture of like, let's say life is what you make it, right? Life is absolute water. And the only reason why life has any kind of shape is because of the container that you've put life in. And that's realistically your perspective. Even the container itself, you can change the container and put it whatever life is going to become what it is because it is what it is regardless. It's just the container that you have in it. So however you are choosing to hold it is whatever you're going to receive mm. kind of thing.
1: Wow. Perspective is the frame that we put on our life. There's a power in that because it means if we choose to put a new frame on our life, then everything can be different according to that frame.
0: Yeah, uh, it's great. I love, it's a container. And I had this image of a, an old school, like camping cup, like made out of tin and just dipping into the ocean. And just, we're, we're getting to be a part of this container of life. I think the cool thing about it, though, is that we can change the container from which we're seeing and holding life. That's what these practices help us do. And I think we forget that over time, is that we think we can only see things in one way, and then we kind of get stuck in these ruts. And the practice of noticing through these different senses and lenses is really then allowing us to create new grooves, new ways of thinking. And it actually also follows our neural pathways. So we can actually create new neural pathways if we give ourselves the space, the pause to look and listen and smell and taste in different ways.
1: I feel like one of the reasons why, Omar, you and I have been able to collaborate in this way and, and, and to accelerate our collaboration in this way. You know, it's been less than a year is the new frames that we put on our life and our work. And so I'm, I'd love to hear for you to share with our listeners what was the new frame that shifted your course of life at this stage?
0: You know, earlier this year, I was really trying to figure out where to sort of put my time and energy. And, you know, I have the gratitude app, she thanks. And, you know, but always, feeling like there were some other things that I also wanted to engage in. I'm, you know, in the process of writing this fable. And and then I just spent, you know, twenty years in doing work around land and finance. And and a friend said to me, Sometimes people's lives are like a Venn diagram where these multiple interests and then they try to find the one sort of interest that intersects everything. But for her, her life was less of a Venn diagram, and more like a braid. It was these strands of interest that she was able to weave together. And I love that metaphor of a braid. And so when I looked at my life through the lens of a braid, the three strands that became so clear were land, storytelling, and gratitude. And really once I embraced that metaphor for my life, then I was able to really weave some new and amazing collaborations like with you and, you know, and with some others. I think in some ways metaphor to me has become a very clear way to see what container am I holding right now? Am I just using this tin cup to look at my life? Am I using a boat? Like what is the metaphor to help me understand how I am navigating. And I think there's an incredible power in really reframing the metaphor of our lives.
1: Mhm. I think for me, if I were to reflect on that question, my frame the really changed profoundly in 2014 when I just got tired of being so dang busy. I didn't really like myself. You know, I was rushing everywhere. I barely had time for relationships and I was constantly just feeling behind. And for me, I just couldn't reconcile um, my pace of life anymore. And, you know, trying to rush to go to yoga just wasn't enough anymore. And I remember really feeling this desire to.
0: That's such an awesome image though by the way. <laughs> Rushing to yoga. That feels like the ultimate paradox. <laughs> Maybe not the yeah. ultimate, but it was a pretty funny one. That
1: was for me the trigger like wow, this is really not working. If you're stressing out to for self-care, like no, this is something big. Bigger has to change. And um I think for me that bigger frame, that different frame that happened was realizing that I had to live In a different place. I had to be more in nature. I had to really learn from nature and and that pace of life. And that's, you know, when I serendipitously found the land in Mount Shasta, just because I was open to that possibility. And I love how this card says, like, what do you really see? For me, I, I the old frame was a really busy professional that had a lot of value in the achievements. And the new frame was someone that wanted to explore the purity of their purpose in nature. And from then on, it just really changed who I was and how I showed up in the world. And and I really resonate with what you said in terms of then creating more open space. For, for things to come through that door. And I don't think I would be here in this moment without that.
0: <laughs> it's. I feel like you're a testimony to, you know, there's the expression, you are what you eat, you are what you notice. <laughs> I and, love it. you know, by being what you notice, it really then becomes important to be clear about what you're paying attention to, right? Mary Oliver, the poet, attention is the beginning of devotion. And so what we're paying attention to is what we're devoted to. And the one thing I want to just sort of like caution as I'm saying this is that it can very easily kind of get stuck into like, oh, just be positive and everything will be okay. And that's not, you know, I think there's even a term around that called toxic positivity. What there is, though, is a sense of optimism and agency that we can sort of look at things from a different perspective and that there is some choice in that. That doesn't mean there aren't difficult things and challenges that we have to face in our lives, but it also sort of allows us to say what might be also the silver lining. It doesn't ignore the cloud. It just says there may also be a silver lining. Um, And so it's not to wish for, oh, every day is just sunny and bright. No, clouds come. Um, But then how do we sort of weather those storms and what kind of place do we want to be in the storm? There is some choice that we have in that.
1: I think there are two journal entries for us to tune into today.
4: I picked three cards today. I haven't picked more than two before, but today seemed like I should. I got number 10, Allium Triquetrum Self-Care. Number two, Agapanthus, Perspective. And number five, Wildflower, Trust. With Perspective, I took the time to breathe. And with that breathing, I realized that I don't have to be set and stable now. It's okay to take my time. I need to be gentle and give myself grace. There's a lot of familial responsibility on my end, and me wanting to be stable so that I won't have to worry about instability and not being able to provide. But I need to remember that I have time. I don't need to be there right now because the journey is part of it. And I shouldn't want to skip that just to reach the end goal. In other words, Thinking that I should trust and focus on nurturing myself before anything else.
0: It's the journey, not the destination. Yeah, I think that's, we all actually know where where the, the destination is. It's just really been a series of choices each day as to like, how are we going to show up? And I think the challenge is that in a busy life where you're constantly reacting to everything and sort of it feels like a being bombarded, you know, with whether it's life, work, relationships, you know, it really does take a practice to disrupt. I mean, that that's what practice does. Practice disrupts those habits. And if we want to be, and then and then we have to also then be comfortable with a little bit of disruption. Right. Like that's the part of the thing. Can't have change and keep everything the same. Right. That's, that's sort of inherently the thing is like, okay, how do I actually embrace this change?
1: And sometimes that perspective is really the uncomfortable feelings. And what are they trying to tell us? And I just appreciate this journal entry, the way that it expresses just how much there is to to juggle for a lot of people and I, I t- totally feel that as well. and and so how yeah, how do we choose? How do we choose to respond? What is that stress or that discomfort trying to tell us?
3: What do you really see? One of the things I love most about you is that you love to look deeply. You love to analyze, to see many sides to every situation, to understand from as many points of view as possible. But please remember to take time to simply notice, to see objectively what you have already. You are in process, but there is so much you already have. Ground in that, you will make it through. Love, Agapanthus. (laughs)
2: Agapanthus.
0: <laughs> I love that journal entry for so many reasons. I love that she took the perspective of the Agapanthus and how the Agapanthus might be looking at her. I love that she was setting reminders for herself, right? Like that's the thing is that it's easy to be distracted. And and so what are those reminders? What are those triggers that are going to be like, oh, right, I had this intention to pause to just notice things in a more objective way without overlaying my own fears, expectations. And then it was really, I feel like, just that self-compassion, that perspective change isn't easy. And so to give herself a little room to make mistakes along the way. And that mistakes are part of the journey.
1: I'm also feeling a sense of freedom from the Sagapanthus and it's wisdom in that it's noticing doesn't require doing or fixing or you know any of those things that take energy and effort. It, it really can just be awareness of something, and and then allowing whatever wants to come from that that awareness to happen. Uh, it it just feels. Like, oh, wow, maybe noticing and allowing the perspective to come through from that can be a way to come back to my center. And then from that place of coming into my center, I'll know what's next without trying.
0: I'm thinking of Brian's story last week where he talked about eating Peter's food and because it tasted so good, he noticed how it tasted. And then he took his time to really just savor the food. And then all of a sudden, he was filled up in a way that he hadn't really felt before. And so thinking about noticing is savoring. What is it that we want to savor? What do we want to take our time with and just truly appreciate? And we have that opportunity in any given moment.
1: So the practice for this week is around noticing beauty. So I invite you to take some time this week to go outside and notice the beauty around you can be in a flower, it could be a sculpture, it could be a house, just anything that strikes you and I invite you to really receive that beauty through all the senses with your eyes, with your nose, with your heart, with your taste buds, just even noticing what comes up when you just take the moment to receive something that you find beautiful. What is the frame, the perspective that you have after you notice something around you that represents beauty?
0: Thank you, Belinda, for beautiful practice, paying attention to beauty. What a wonderful invitation. And we also want to just thank you who are listening. We couldn't do this without your support. So continue to check in, give us a review, share with a friend, and not just any friend, someone that this message of perspective might resonate with. Just that pausing and noticing. Who might you just... If you, in this moment, were to pause and be like, who is someone you deeply appreciate? And can you share this episode with them as your way of giving thanks for the perspective that your friend or whoever that person is in your life? Cheers.
5: Cheers.